In our previous episodes, we've discussed how to prepare for and to begin negotiations for your next vehicle. Now you're inside the showroom and ready to finalize your deal. This is the Car Buying Podcast, the show where I save you time, money, and hassle when buying your next vehicle. On this episode, we'll be talking about the negotiation process at the dealership. If you've made it inside the showroom, then you should have decided on a vehicle that works for you, and now the salesperson is going to usher you to their desk to finalize the deal. Take a breath. Know that you haven't bought anything yet. You haven't spent any money. This is still part of your research process. It's the final stages of your research process. Now, this is the part of your research where you determine how close the real numbers are to your research numbers. The biggest mistake people make when purchasing a vehicle is going in unprepared. But you've already taken care of that, so you're good. I would estimate that probably 80% of the customers I've seen over the years They're going to hear their prices, rates, trade values, incentives for the first time when they're sitting in the sales showroom. How terrifying. But you've prepared, so you can just listen and you can verify that everything lines up with your research. So first off, what should you expect once you go in to finalize a deal? If you've bought a vehicle before or not, when you sit down at the salesman's desk is usually when your blood pressure starts to rise. But let's walk through exactly what's going on so you can be better prepared. Let's peek behind the curtain for a moment and just look and see what happens on the salesman side, on the dealer side of the deal, once you come into the showroom. First, they're probably going to offer you some sort of refreshment because they want you to relax, not be nervous or impatient. From this moment on, the salesperson is going to function as a sort of middleman between you and the sales manager. Now, you might ask, wouldn't it be simpler if the sales manager would just come out and did everything himself? Yes and no. And, you know, in a good dealership, the sales manager is not going to have time because there are going to be multiple salespeople working deals at any given time. So he doesn't have the time to give you the attention you deserve. And the salesperson working on behalf can actually it can benefit you because the salesperson wants to sell a car. They're less concerned about the profit in most cases because they personally have no money tied up in the inventory. So the salesperson brings you in, sits you down, offers you a drink, and then they disappear for a moment. What are they doing back there? Well, usually they're relaying to their sales manager where they are in the sales process. Because the second the salesman greeted you on the lot, the management started watching him or her to make sure they didn't blow you out or lose the deal. Some stores will allow the salesperson to sit down and just start writing up numbers. But most of the time, they're going to have to go to the sales tower, as we call it, or the desk, the room where the sales management is located, and they're going to have to go in there and get the initial numbers for you. Now, if they ask for your driver's license, your insurance card, that's normal. They're just trying to give you a formal quote that has your estimated taxes and all. Do not, however, give your complete credit information this early. They do not need your social security number to price a car to you. They don't need your income info. Even if they ask for it, just wait. So they're going to write up a formal quote. And this is also when they're going to appraise your trade-in, if you're trading a vehicle in. And once the salesperson has consulted with management, they're going to come back to you and present to you what's sometimes known as a first pencil or their first proposal. 
So the first proposal, a reputable dealer that's going to give you the numbers and they're going to line up with their advertised price right out of the gate. But some won't. So let's address that first. Most dealers nowadays are going to present you with something like a four square proposal is what it's going to be called. It's going to literally have four squares on it or maybe some sort of hybrid quote. But either way, it's going to show a price, payment, down payment, and trade value. Now, the point of presenting numbers in this way is because it quickly identifies the main issue or the hot button that the customer has. For example, if they show you $22,000 for the vehicle, $5,000 for your trade-in, $2,000 down, and $350 a month, and you as the customer immediately jump in and say, I don't want to put $2,000 down, I only have $500, then it shows the salesperson that your primary concern is the cash down payment because you, in essence, were reasonably okay with the rest of the numbers, but that was your hot button issue. So then they can come back and propose to you, well, customer, if you put less money down, then your payment will go up. So what if I can get you to $375 a month with only $500 down, then we can go ahead and wrap this deal up. That's how the strategy works. And you can use it to your advantage too. If the price is in line with your research and the trade is fair, then this is a quick way to finalize a deal. Now, a not-so-reputable dealer is going to give you a first pencil, and then they're going to, as they say, peel you off the roof. Because these numbers are going to be so ridiculous, super inflated. So you'll immediately increase your budget mentally, and you're more likely, to, in their eyes, to pay more, to give in. Now, again, at the risk of oversimplifying things, who cares what they expect you to do? You've done your research. So if they come back with some crazy high numbers, you're immediately going to know that. So once you've seen their first proposal, whatever it is, however they propose it, how do you respond? Rarely, their first proposal is going to come back lower than you expected. Pleasant surprise. And so you can easily just say, I'll take it after making sure that it's legit and that it's not going to change. But most of the time, there's going to be a gap between what you plan to pay based on your research and what the dealer wants you to pay. And this gap is profit or losing less money in some cases. And this gap is how dealerships stay in business. But that's their problem. Once you read and understand their first proposal, ask any questions, make sure you understand what they're proposing. Now it's your turn to make an offer. The number of people who I see at this point who just say, is that your best price or something stupid and vague, it blows my mind. They've told you what they want you to pay. So now it's your turn to simply tell them what you'll offer. Let's look at a scenario based on the offer we discussed early, earlier. So they offer $22,000 sales price, but based on your research, looking online, comparison shopping, You've seen that $19,000 is more in line with what the vehicle is selling for. They offered $5,000 for your trade, but it's worth $7,500 based on your research. Wholesale. I wouldn't focus on the down payment or the payment just yet. Simply say, I've been looking at these for a while, and I'm prepared to offer you $19,000 for the new one if you'll give me $7,500 for my trade. Say something like that. And tell them you'll complete the deal right now, as long as the interest rates and all the finance are in line with what you can get at your bank. 
Now let's take a time out here. Notice that we're drawing our attention away from the down payment and the payments because those are just results based on math of the price and the trade-in. Those, the price and the trade-in, that's what we want to focus on. We'll address the finance terms and how we're going to pay for it, down payment included, once everything else is nailed down. Now, most of the time, the salesperson is going to take your offer to a sales manager and then come back with something in between their first offer and your offer. For example, they were at 22, you offered 19, they might offer, they might offer to split the difference and sell it to you for 20,500 sales price and $6,250 for your trade-in. Kind of meeting in the middle. Now, if this lines up with that maximum spin that you decided before you ever visited a dealership, then you can roll with it. If not, then you can also repeat your offer or maybe raise it a little bit or just make your final maximum offer, whatever you set. And you said, based on your research, this is what, this is the maximum. We'll walk away if it's over this. And if they don't agree to it, then politely leave. It's, it's not personal. Now, here's a bonus tip. If a dealer lets you leave, then you have their best offer. That doesn't mean it's the price you want to pay or it doesn't even mean it's a good deal. Because maybe this dealer just isn't competitive. And they, don't, they don't want to sell that particular model for that price. Maybe you need to go somewhere else. But what I'm saying is don't expect them to chase you down or to call you back and take your offer on the way home. Now, if you can't reach an agreement, choose another dealer. Start over. Now, if you and the salesperson agree on those figures, then they will take your credit information and transition you to the finance office. Now, keep in mind at this point, if you do decide to walk, the sales manager will probably come out and try to save the deal, be the hero at this point. You can just make them the same offer. Sometimes they'll take it. Sometimes they're just going to politely make sure the salesperson didn't miss anything. But it doesn't hurt to offer them the same thing just in case the salesperson didn't represent your offer properly. And then thank them for their time and leave. Now, if you do agree on something and they usher you into finance, let's look at what you can expect in there. Okay, so the finance office, or F&I, finance and insurance is what that stands for. You can listen to previous episodes and understand some of what to expect in there um, about gap insurance, extended warranties, things like that. Some stores are going to quote interest rates and payment terms out in the showroom. The salesperson is going to give you those. And some might wait until you meet with a finance person. But regardless, here's what you need to pay attention to. Number one, make sure that the numbers that finance is using are the same numbers you agreed to. Price should be the same. Trade should be the same. There shouldn't be any fees tacked on that you didn't agree to pay. Um, you may be able to download an app. You can easily also just Google car payment calculator on your phone. And when they quote you an interest rate, plug it into the calculator along with the out-the-door price and keep that payment in mind. So the finance manager quotes you a payment and it's higher than what you just calculated. What happened? Well, possibly you miscalculated. You forgot to include taxes or some charge. But likely... They're quoting you a loaded payment, which is loaded up with optional extras like warranties and gap insurance. Many finance training companies will train their F&I people to present a menu, they call it. So one payment loaded with everything, including the most expensive warranty coverage. Then one payment stripped with hardly anything extra. And then a middle one, which is the one they actually expect you to take, that has a few of their goodies added on. 
Now, you can learn about extended warranties and gap insurance in our previous episodes and decide whether you want to take those or not. But regardless, when you sit down and ask to see exactly what numbers those payments are based on, you want to not only know the interest rate, but also for how many months, what's the long term. Because 3.9% interest for 72 months is very different than 3.9% for 84 months. And you should be able to easily compare their long terms with the ones you receive from your own bank or credit union during your research. The b- biggest mistake people make in finance is thinking that the negotiations are over. When they quote you loan terms and payments, that's still a proposal. It's a proposed deal. You don't have to take it. If they quote you 3.9 for 72 months, but your credit union offered you 2.5 for 72 months, then just simply say, my bank offered me 2.5 for 72 months. Can you match that? And if they can or won't, then just use your bank. It's going to involve an extra trip. You're going to have to go to your bank with the paperwork and bring back a check, but it's worth a few thousand dollars. And hopefully they'll just match your rate and you can move on. And most of the time they can match your rate. Once you've agreed to finance terms, then you're going to sign final paperwork. And again here, pay close attention. Make sure that the price, trade, incentives, rate, payment, everything matches up with what you agree to. Because remember, all that matters is the paperwork that you're signing. Everything up to this point is just to determine what's on that paperwork. Just because a salesperson offered you something or even a sales manager promised you something, doesn't matter. Nothing matters if it's not on the paperwork that you're signing. And that's it. Hopefully you can see that with proper preparation, research, the process of negotiating your new vehicles doesn't have to be confrontational or frustrating. Let's look at a few questions that you guys have sent in. Walter from Georgia asks, is it a good idea to walk away no matter what the deal offered is? Well, personally, my time is worth more than that. But maybe you feel that yours isn't. If you went to purchase a vehicle and they offered you a good deal that lined up with your research, then what's the gain from walking away? I don't understand that, but maybe if you aren't 100% sure about the vehicle or something, then it's good for you to sleep on it. But I would say in a majority of cases, this is just a waste of time and energy. Toby from Pennsylvania asks, No matter what, the dealer will just not take my offer. Am I just going to have to pay more? Well, if you've made your offer to multiple dealers and nobody will touch it, then your offer is the problem. Maybe the car you're buying is in high demand or your trade isn't as nice as you think, but something's wrong. But if you just talk to one dealer, then maybe they are the problem. Some stores just aren't interested in selling volume of vehicles. They want to make a profit on each vehicle and sell fewer cars. So try another dealer. Now, if multiple dealers aren't accepting your offer, then you may need to rewind and reevaluate your your offer. Arthur from Texas asks, I've always heard that the buyer has three days to return a vehicle. Is this true? And can I use it to my benefit when negotiating? It's not true, at least not in 99.9% of cases. I'm not a lawyer, so you need to consult your local experts. But in almost every single case, The vehicle belongs to you the second you take delivery of it or when you leave the lot with it. As a dealer I used to work for would say, if it breaks in half, you own both halves. Now, most dealers will help you if you leave and realize there's a scratch or some damage you didn't notice or something, but they aren't obligated to do anything. That's why it's important for you to do all of your due diligence before you buy, not the next day.
I want to hear from you. Have you had any experiences with negotiation? What tips can you share with us? If you have a question you'd like answered or a topic you'd like me to cover, you can email me at info at carbuyingpodcast.com, tweet at me at carbuyingpod, or leave a voicemail 740-777-9780, and I'll try to answer your question on the next episode. And also, if you find this information helpful, leave a review on iTunes to help other people find the show.